Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello, podcast fans. Adam Carolla here. I'm leading the fight against patent trolls who are threatening this medium. It's not about me. It's about the podcast you're listening to right now. If I go down, this show could be next. So visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll for more information on how you can keep podcasting alive. Thank you and mahalo. Hey, everybody. It's Adam Ray and Brad Williams for the About Last Night podcast. Uh, fun episode. Fun episode. Time, man. Oh, man. Uh, another special episode on the road where we got to actually go into the home of the great Kevin Nealon. Oh, my God. Yeah. and A childhood uh, dream. Yeah. Came and to fruition. Uh, in, it, 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 there was a crazy moment that happened off mic where his six-year-old son <laughs> yeah. is doing Fire Marshal Bill impressions yeah, for us. which is what I used to do. Yeah. And, and how and, I started in comedy. Yeah, and then when I then when, when I was seven or eight, I'm doing Hans and Franz impressions yeah. for my parents, <laughs> yeah. and now Kevin Nealon's son's doing Fire Marshal Bill impressions. Yeah. It, it, it was just a really cool, mind-blowing He's moment. destined for a great comedy career. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, in, a, in a fascinating interview between the SNL stuff, early stand-up stuff. Yes, a guy who, who didn't uh, plan on really kind of being integrated in this business as much as he is uh, with just, you know, aspirations of just being a comic. And then, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it also you'll hear through these stories of how SNL came to be and and Weeds and, uh, and just, uh, you know, all the movies and, and TV appearances. It's like, you know, obviously talent is a big part of this, but... You know, being in the right place at the right time and, and uh, you know, who you know. And it's not just, but, you know, the who you know aspect isn't, like, a guarantee. But it's like, yeah. I mean, hearing, uh, you know, his friendship with Dana Carvey, as you'll hear in the interview, is being a, a nice uh, segue into the SNL experience. A uh, definite launching point, but then he's got the talent to back it up. Uh, but before we get to the interview, just uh, our quick little notes. Uh, uh, thank you for continuously rating our podcast on iTunes. Uh, thank you for all your tweets. We love we love getting them. We love reading them, and uh, we retweet them a lot of times. Yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> big a, fan of the retweet. Absolutely. And uh, so please and continue to rate it on iTunes. Obviously, yeah. The more uh, that yeah. that helps us. And also, if you want to help us. Notice that you're not getting any ads during these podcasts. That means we're not making any money. We're doing this for the love of the game. <laughs> Damn it! So if you want to make sure that we get some money, there's an e- there's an easy step you can do, which th- which doesn't cost you a thing. Simply, when whenever you're gonna go shop on Amazon.com, go to aboutlastnightpodcast.com for all the episodes. First of all, yeah, listen to all the episodes there, but then click on the Amazon banner. That takes you right to Amazon. You can shop normally. And then they kick down a little bit of that percentage to us, and we can somehow get some money from this uh, labor of love that we put out to you guys. But, Brad, what if I want to buy some maroon pants and send them to Adam for Hanukkah next year? Well, then you could still do that, and it will cost, it'll cost you not an extra dime, which is why it's great. It's a great way to support the podcast. And uh, another great way to support us is to see us on the road. Adam, you going to be on the road? Yeah, I'm going to be. Well, the, by, by the time this goes up, I will have mm-hmm. returned from the St. Louis Funny Bone. Wow, hey, those are great shows, weren't they? weekend. Some of the greatest shows ever. I do love that club. This will be my second time there. Mm-hmm. It's, I always, though, am a little weary when I do a, uh, 
like well, this will come out after that and it's like what yeah. if what if this is the weekend I feel like I'm almost jinxing, jinxing it <laughs> like something really traumatic happens right and this is your like uh, after Adam and got I'm, like, stabbed the, at the club sure or the club burned down because of a guy kicked out who came back and burned it down like after I left and uh, and then this comes out I'm like what a great time it what was a great time it was, it was the best time 127 people died yeah. whatever yeah yeah well hopefully that's not the case um, but I will be at the uh, Las Vegas Laugh Factory uh, at the Tropicana headlining April 21st to the 27th there you go. Uh, and then April 30th through May 4th at the Punchline in Sacramento. Uh, but before those, oh, March yeah. 20th through the 23rd in Fullerton, California, Brea Improv with Brad Williams. Yes. Get your tickets at BreaImprov.com. The About Last Night crew will be at the Brea Improv oh, and also 20th through the 23rd. Yeah, but by the time this comes out, I will be on Craig Ferguson doing some stand-up comedy on March 13th. And, uh, and my album, uh, Pop-Tart Suicide, comes out, I think, the day... That this podcast will launch. Wow, March eleventh. March eleventh. Yeah. yeah. So hey, go to iTunes or uh, Amazon or um, my website AdamRayTV.com and uh, and pick up a copy. Yes, please do that. Please support our boy Adam Ray. If you want to support me, uh, follow me on Twitter at at Funny Brad and check me out March thirteenth through the sixteenth. I'll be at Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club in Marco Island, Florida. The uh, aforementioned Bray Improv, March 20th through the 23rd. Hometown shows, love doing that. And then um, I'll, I'll be going out for the first time, March 27th through the 29th. I'll be at the Comedy Club on State in Madison, Wisconsin. Definitely looking forward Great to that club. gig. Uh, for all their dates, go to bradwilliamscomedy.com. Touring all year. So uh, hopefully I'll see you guys out on the road. And always love it when you come up to me after the shows and say, we love, we love the podcast. Yeah, that happens more and more, and it's pretty... It's pretty awesome because I guess you know you forget it's like the listeners aren't here live with us. I mean, we're lucky enough to have the Neyland family as an audience yeah. for this episode, which uh, which is nice. But uh, not everyone's family comes sure. with them to the podcast. This was a, a treat. That you know what that that's what we should do. We should just take the podcast on the road and perform it in living rooms across the country and just watch. Yeah, but will there be? Get- we, we should watch six year olds everywhere <laughs> yeah. do doing a living color. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but will there be guaranteed jelly bean service at all of these? Oh, see, that's what jelly bean service sounds like. They might be playing at the Troubadour on Friday. So I think I think they are. They're a gr- <laughs> they're they're a great live band. Yeah, and, they're uh, a Hootie and the Blowfish cover band. <laughs> The uh, they're amazing. Definitely stepped it up with the jelly beans and uh, stepped it up with the podcast. So uh, sit back, <laughs> sit back, relax. How about that transition? Worst segue ever. Oh, but be- I love if it. by you mean wow. best transition, transition Williams is your new name. That is my name. Yeah, no, but it was great. And with all the info out of the way, let's get to the podcast. Please sit back and enjoy, Mr. Kevin Nealon. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. This uh, this area is gorgeous, by the way. Do you jog around here? Or walk. <laughs> I don't work. I usually do late at night. I put the headsets on and listen to. What's your uh, power walk jam? Um, usually, usually it's um, it's um. Hang on a second. <laughs> Hug that mic as much as you can, too, Kev. It's the um. What's the Susu uh, Studio by Phil Collins? How does no, that I go on, your... uh, I go on, on Pandora. Oh yeah. And I will listen to either um, 
Lady, um, Lady Gaga? No, Lady, Lady in the uh, Tramp soundtrack? Antebellum. Lady Antebellum, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's, so, it's, so, so it's very sweet. That's where I am right now, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like ballads when I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the name of your next book. Or I'll in listen comedy. to you know, your podcast. Oh, oh, look at that. Wow. To Mark uh, Maron's podcast. Sure. Yeah. Maron or Maron? I think you could probably, well, you seem like you'd probably chummy with Maron. Yeah, yeah, in France, it's Maron. Um, <laughs> and I'll listen to Howard Stern on XM. Stern is. Uh, one of my faves, and I only got into him like five years ago. Have you been listening to him from? I used to listen to him on terrestrial radio, and then when he went to XM, I said, "Well, bye bye." Yeah, you know. And then I had a rental car somewhere a couple years ago, and they had XM in it, and I flipped it on to Howard Stern. You know, and I thought, "Oh, there's that voice I remember so well." Right, and I liked it, and yeah. so I, you know, I got XM. Is that kind of a trip to now be on his show after all? I mean, like, that seems like you know, like SNL, something you've watched for a long time, and then you get on it. Like Stern's probably got to have some of the same. Well, you know, there's not a lot of shows like that anymore, but Stern was like that for me because I listened to him for a long time and I, I would never go near doing his show because I don't want to be put in the hot seat right. you know, with all right. those. Well, because he does grill his interview. Like, yeah. he definitely knows how to ask the right questions and yeah. gets you to admit, like, wow, I was going on there to promote a kid's show and now I talked about having a threesome. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I kind of avoided that show. And, um, and then uh, Susan, my wife, and I, uh, a couple years ago, we said, let's start confronting some of our fears. You know? Okay. So, um, so then Stern was on the list. Stern was on the list. The Bill Maher show. Power, power Walking to Ballads. Power Walking to Ballads. <laughs> so, you really... know, I did both of those shows in the last couple of years, a couple of times, and it was a thrill. It was like, you know, to do the Stern show the first time, it was like, uh, afterwards, I kind of like, there was a, a real buzz yeah you know for me because uh i avoided it so long now, did you see like the the popularity like the ripple effect as far as like people like oh, yeah, new fans people, coming out of the woodworks a lot of people in our industry listen to him do in you fact, think just the other day we my wife and i had a, uh, a meeting over 20th century fox because the head of comedy over there heard me on howard stern no shit no kidding yeah do you think stern is kind of like the closest thing that we have to what the tonight show was with johnny it's kind of different you know but it's uh well because you've done both yeah yeah, so so yeah. so so you can compare. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, you know, I think material wise and format wise, it's kind of different, and you know, they're both obviously different interviewers. But I think for the you know the thrill I got from it, it, it was similar, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, there's a lot of great talk shows out now. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, everybody's you know, they're all different and they're unique and they're good, but. There's nobody really like Johnny Carson anymore, right? With that, that kind of have to have that power to go. You are now, yeah. You, you are now famous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Pete, like, and you will now sell tickets on the road because mm-hmm. uh, because I have given you the okay sign. Like, how, was was the Tonight Show when you did it? Was was, was that something that like? Nowadays, the show groomers will tailor your set, and they'll work with you for like three to six months. Uh, was that how it was with you and Johnny? No, no, was not that at just all. Like a spur of the moment. Thing? No, I, you know, I think I had auditioned for that show, you know, way before I was ready a couple of times. Whenever Jim mm-hmm. McCauley, who was the talent coordinator, would be in the club, everybody would be panicked and oh yeah, either leave or they would want to get on set, you know, get on the stage, and um, and I, you know, I would. When I auditioned for him a few times, I, I had sweat coming out of me that never came out before. Yeah, the back of my legs was dripping. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's usually the biggest. But I never got on there. You know, I never mm-hmm. could pass that thing. And and then he uh, he wanted me to audition for a show called the Mike Nesmith Show. Okay, from the Monkees. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, hey, he, he, had, monkeys, he was a one of the catchiest songs. You should power walk to that song. Oh man, <laughs> I would be done in five minutes. <laughs> so. Um, 
audition for his show doing what I thought would be funny, mm-hmm. not what I thought The Tonight Show would like. And um, he called me the next day. He says, I have good news and bad news. The good news, uh, the bad news is you're not right for the uh, Nesma show. But the good news is I love that set for The Tonight Show. Can you do it in three days? <laughs> three days? Yeah. I remember I was going to Houston to do wow. the laugh stop there. Yeah. And so I went to Houston. And from that moment when he said that until I did the show, it was a loop in my head. The five minutes I was going to do on the show over and over right. and over again. Over right. and over and over. And you run it like, I mean, try to get it up as much as possible yeah. to, just to get it out and... Well, the problem was I was supposed to, I was in Houston doing I had to do like forty five minutes to yeah. an hour, so I couldn't do just my five minute set. Yeah, right? you can't tail, yeah. T- tailor that because that five minute set is a, is a best of. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because I'm doing Ferguson for the first it's my first late night thing next week, and I'm going to St. Oh, Louis this weekend to you know do the funny bone, and I was like, oh well, I'll just I'll do that five at some point, but it's all you know it's it's jokes from different parts of my hour, so I'm like, yeah. I wait, I can't do just five and then. Yeah, move on I know. with it. So I how know. do you, But you've been doing it long enough so you're comfortable with just Any tips with the uh, late night uh Well, drink a lot of water before you go out there. Mm-hmm. Cuz when I, you know, when the curtain opened up, when I was waiting for the curtain to open up, mm-hmm. uh, I could hear the band playing and, you know, then they come back from commercial and Johnny and Ed are, you know, they kibitzing a little bit then they introduce me and I I walk out there and from the curtain to my mark on the spot, I forgot my act. <laughs> what the I could not think of my act. Because I knew Johnny was there and there's the band playing. Just overwhelming sensations of oh, yeah. the whole experience. And yeah. this is and this is like you say, a five minute set that for the last three days has never left your head. Right. You've yeah. gone through it a million times. I could be talking to you now mm-hmm. and it looked like I was listening to you, but really I'm going over my act in my head. Right. You know? You have and you have so little time to I mean, to look like you don't know what you're doing. Because, I mean, you have a little bit of time as you're walking out, and then maybe as the the uh, the you know clapping dies down to just say something. But- That's exactly what happened. You know, by the time the clapping died down, it came back to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what if it didn't? What would you, did you, I mean, are um, we able to separate in your brain, like, what am I going to say? Well, I-, I think there was a comic on, I'm sure there's more than one, but um, um, I think there was a comic that it happened to. And okay. he turned and he said, I'm sorry, I forgot. I forgot my act. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he t- say those actual words, but if that happens, do they go, all right, well, let's just take five and go again? Or do Well, no. it is taped. The show is taped. Oh, okay. So they could do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, now it's like, you know, I didn't even have like a cheat sheet in my pocket or anything, and there's no bullet points. Now when you do no, like, a prompt. talk show, they have a prompter with your bullet points. Even for your specials, right? Like, um, won't they have a little uh, thing with you bullet could points? You if you wanted, yeah. 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 But um, so, um, but it was just a. I've never had such a natural high like that. You know, from doing it to in between when I did it and when it aired, mm-hmm. I was just floating. It's just I was praying for no natural disaster, no, no tragedy. <laughs> sure, and, right. Uh, but every step of the way was. I mean, just the first laugh, the first applause break. You remember oh, all those Johnny, things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hearing him laughing behind me. Oh, well, yeah. I was just going to ask, what was that like when you're hearing? Oh, it's just. Um, it was just euphoria. And uh, you know you work so hard to to get to that point, and then I remember being done and just doing a little glance over to Johnny, not looking mm-hmm. for anything, you know, yeah. and him giving the okay thing, and there then you go, going behind the curtain, and Jim McCauley, who was the talent coordinator, waiting back there, so proud, a big smile That's on his awesome. face, and he goes, you know, he was just happy for me, you could tell, and then he said, okay, stay close, I think Johnny's going to want to talk to you. <laughs> Man. And then in your head, you're like, "Wait, I just, I, 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 I yeah, yeah, what? More? I just had five minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all. That's all. That, that's all I got, kid." Yeah. <laughs> he says, "Well, when they come back from the commercial, he mm-hmm. wants to talk to you. So just no go kid. out there, have fun, and uh, you know, you've got a lot of good stuff left. So, yeah. So I went out there, and it was just so loose, and um, 
Hey, you must have been so loose at that point because oh, I, I the, a, it could have. I was going to say like you. So once you got you remembered your act, it was just like oh yeah. Now I'm fine. This anything, is all extra credit, now. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you almost you just avoided a catastrophe. Yeah. So now yeah. when you're on the couch with them, you're just like, oh, I mean, we could. You're so loose and yeah, yeah. And so I remember, I remember like? the first joke uh, I said to him that just he. I remember he, he was still out smoking his lungs. He was letting it out, you know and. And uh, he said, well, what's, it, what's it like working on the road? You know? And I said, you know what? It gets a little lonely sometimes, Johnny. And at the time, there was, an, I think, an AT&T commercial mm-hmm. back then that said, you know, the next best thing to, um, you know, long, is uh, being with somebody is, is calling long distance. Okay. So I said to Johnny, I said, you know what, Johnny? But, it, you know, um, I said, um, it is a little lonely. But you know what they say? The next best thing to being there is being with someone that looks similar. <laughs> and he went, ah! That going back, oh, yeah. you know? and and that, and, that, and that's perfect. And you, as a performer in that era, to see Johnny throw his head back and laugh, you're like cha ching, cha ching. It was like the uh, it was like the comedic Zabruta film, where he oh, back yeah. and then came forward again. And, 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 and you just get that tape and you break it down. Here exactly is where yeah. the joke hit Johnny and, yeah. and forced his head back. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine it's the same type of feeling like when those women go to an Oprah taping and they get a free gift. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the amount similar. of adrenaline that's going mm-hmm. through your body. Yeah, but I'm—I wasn't even thinking anything at the time. I was just thinking, I'm here with Johnny Carson. Yeah, and I'm doing. I've become a stand-up. Right. I really felt like I was a stand-up then. You know. Yeah. Uh, how it, many years in was that? Uh, it was that uh, was in. Um, let's see, that was about six years in. Wow. Oh yeah. wow, six years. Yeah, and then, and that's so, and that's something that probably from day one you you were just like that's the goal that is the goal that's the goal is to get is to get on the Tonight Show and then did doors. Magically open up no. right after that, or no, or, or, or or were you just waiting by the, the phone? And then I got out of the business jack. after that. <laughs> <laughs> Go out on top. I was very surprised. I thought things would happen. After that. <laughs> like, well, I peaked. <laughs> I heard somebody it. say uh, that you know it's never a one night thing where you get mm-hmm. it. you have to keep going back and pounding it and pounding sure. it, and that's what you do. You know, you you do your first five minutes, and then maybe you have like twelve good minutes left after that. Mm-hmm. Your whole act. So every every time you do the Tonight Show, as soon as you finish, you think, okay, what's my next five? I got to start working right. on that. Start uh, working on that. I heard uh, you say on Stern uh, that uh, when you started stand up, that you were doing jokes from wh- highlights magazines. No, what, what was that? <laughs> it was from the back of the parade magazine. <laughs> right, they would have a section called "My Favorite Jokes." Now, I wouldn't do those on stage at a club. Right, that was just the neighborhood. You know, like friends, I would tell jokes. That's you know? how you started to find that you were funny. With yeah, people? that's yeah. how I kind of. Um, I used to like doing practical jokes. You know, they have the fake puke you could put on the floor. Kev, mm-hmm. you're speaking my language. Yeah, right. I got go. in trouble because in fourth grade on April Fool's Day, our uh, six foot five teacher, Mr. Berger, nobody would screw with him. But I put the um, won't be cushion on his chair for him to sit down <laughs> during silent reading, the ice cube with the fly in it in his coffee, uh, and the fake puke on the side of his desk. And he came Sounds in. Like a good party. <laughs> and every kid knew because he left. I uh, was coming back from recess. And so every kid's there and everyone watching me like lay it all out. And like the Wumpy Cushion, like his butt cheeks hit it at the perfect ratio to where it made the <laughs> ultimate Wumpy sound. Uh-huh. He does that. Then he goes for his coffee and goes, God damn it. Sees the ice cube in there and then sees the puke and just goes, Ray. Oh, <laughs> so, so you had a reputation at that oh, yeah. point. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, like, you were the guy. Yeah, I was pulling all And then you of. escalate to doing the real stuff, real puke. <laughs> that's fart. what college is for. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, then you got fired from Albertsons. <laughs> yeah. Then you're actually farting on people's heads. Wait. wait what, what was your go-to uh, gag though? Like your? Oh, I had the brandy sniffer. A sniffer mm-hmm. that had looked like it had a beer brandy in it, but mm-hmm. it was really closed on the top, so the brandy wouldn't come out when you pretend to throw it at somebody. Wow. I oh, okay. That I love that so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it's molded in. Yeah. 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 What about the fake gum ever that snapped you? you ever ever pull that no. one? No. I like the buzzer. 
Yeah, the buzz was always great. And buzz classic. classic. Back of a, a comic book magazine. The gum one always seemed a little bit too aggressive. Like you actually had a, a genuine hatred for the person because that snapped your finger with a lot of. Did it hurt. There is a point where the, some of these things can be, you know, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here is the. Um, the stun gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the old taser trick. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah, but, yeah. But then they lose control of their bowels. It's hilarious <laughs> yeah. as they're as, as they're dying on the floor. Here's the the <laughs> the surprising bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing is uh, ball pit. now 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 I'm gonna sound like an old guy. It's because now it's like all the YouTube stuff and all sort of like the jackass stuff. It's always like it's just walk up to someone, punch them in the balls. That's a prank. It's like no, you had to do what Adam Ray did and perfectly place a whoopee cushion. Oh, yeah. That like if you hit it the wrong angle, gets no sound whatsoever. No, you had no, you have to have it with him. Where There's a lot of strategy. Perfect. Wait, so the parade joke. So that so okay. So yeah, you so go I gags. Memorize the the yeah. There were jokes like um, Stanley Myron Handelman. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but I he, have. Was, he was a great misdirection uh, comic. Which you, I mean, that's like a, a yeah. That's why you're brilliant. Like, at. I think I think comedy is kind of like verbal magic. You know, you're fooling people. It's it's surprise. It's shock. It's sure. You know, going a different way than people think you're going. Mm-hmm. And he was great at that. I remember he had a joke where he said, um, um, oh, it was about how he got this, this crippled guy. He had an old stick for a walking cane, and, and he got a, a wish from a genie. He could have one wish. What would it be? And he made the wish, and all of a sudden, his walking stick turned into a real crutch. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't no school like the old school kid. No, sir. Or, or, or here's another one. Uh, you guys hear about this guy? He, uh, he stole a uh, a fire truck. Okay. And I would really personalize it. I, mm-hmm. You know, I would walk up to my friends. And say, hey, this would be like a circle at a party. I'd say, "Hey, hey, man, did you guys hear about this guy downtown? He he stole a fire truck." Mm-hmm. And then I wait for the reaction. No, really? I said, "Yeah." They said, "What what happened?" I said, "Well, he was arrested two hours later by some guy who stole a cop car." <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, "Oh, Neeland." Uh, yeah. And and when when was the point when you thought, "Hey, I, I I'm not just the funny guy. Like, I think I can actually do this." Well, I went. Yeah, everybody's on got a point. Spring break to I think it was either wow. Daytona or uh, Jacksonville, Florida. I was hoping you were going to say like Burbank or Bakersfield. <laughs> it was either Burbank or Miami. <laughs> yeah. Spring, can't remember. Spring break, Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> All right. That has never been Community said College. by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I go down there, and uh, I think it was Daytona. And at the time, um, this thing was popular where you go in, and they take a, a picture of you, and they put it on the front of the T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so the place that had it had a big front glass window. And I go in there, and there's no business. The guy's not having anybody come in. So I go in there, and I'm, I'm sitting in the chair. You know, he goes, come on in, come on in. So I yeah. sit in the chair, and they have a video thing up there. And I'm just making different faces. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this for like five, ten Classic minutes. Classic kneeling faces. To my couple mm-hmm. friends that are outside. Sure. And then all of a sudden, I look outside the window, and there's like a big crowd of people laughing and watching. Hilarious. You know? And then like, oh, You had no scared. idea, though. No, I had no okay. idea. Yeah, you're just doing it. But I got scared when I saw that. Cause, you know, <laughs> so a two-person audience you were comfortable with. Well, your yeah, friends. my friends, yeah. yeah. But that's when I thought, wow, you know, that's like performing right there. She totally. You know, I kind of like that. These people who, who you've never met and, and, never met, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're finding what you're doing funny. Yeah. You're pulling eyes away from the caricature ar- 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 artist <laughs> and, the, and the yeah bearded lady. You're like, hey, that's right. look at these faces. You know what my friend used that's to do solid. with the, the caricature artist? Because I, I worked at uh, Universal Studios you know, for seven years. As, that's uh, where I know you from. Yeah, as Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, I probably have, there's probably a picture of me with your family. If you you like. know what I thought would be a really... Uh, <laughs> Crazy job is I was just down in Orlando and yeah. there's a place called Holy Land. 
where they reenact the uh, crucifixion every oh night. Oh, my the God. The 12 stations. <laughs> they reenact the crucifixion. The actor who has to do that every night and carry the cross. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, like, you think he walks into, like, a bar or something and goes, you have no idea what, what my cross to bear is. And you're like, no, it's the actual cross. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to work. Oh, man, I'm so hungover. <laughs> So you're down there, you're, yeah, you're so, working at Universal. Yeah, I was working at Universal, but the, there's always a caricature artist at these uh, theme parks, and there's a, a, the guy who, uh, I was just about to say, Shrek would do this, but he has a real name. His name is David. And, uh, and he would walk by uh, when he, uh, uh, it was before they had Shrek, like in a, a, a mask that was covering his face, and it was kind of his open face. And he would walk by and look at uh, the people, because you know the caricature artist was always you know, on the opposite end of you, and he'd mm-hmm. look to where the person could see them, and they were trying to be still to pose. And then he would walk around the side and look at the picture and then just go, ugh, and then just keep walking. And people would always break. And then the guy's like, no, no, don't move, don't move. Yeah, I, um, I so love caricature artists. I, I they're incredible. Be one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, as a dwarf, I hated them because they would oh, always. It, you're a dwarf? Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, this is it. This is as tall as you're getting. That's it. Wow. Not getting okay. any bigger. Are you sure? Uh, well, not with that attitude. What? You know what? I mean, there's really. What if you just like. I mean, like, going back to the genie and the wish thing. Like, what if one day you just woke up and you were like, I don't know, 5'8". Oh, I'd have to write a whole new act. <laughs> that, that would suck. You're like, yeah, oh, there, there goes that hour. <laughs> I, here's my guess. You know, people that are deaf don't want to be able to hear because they're used to that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Same with people that are blind. I think they, they, don't, they don't care about seeing. Really? Is it the same with you? You don't care if you're deaf or blind? Yeah, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> yeah I, I really could give a shit about being deaf and blind at this point. Uh, well, no, well, it's like because this has become nor- like, this yeah. is normal. So, so I, I don't know. But so like whenever I would sit down and the family would be like, all right, let's do the character artist thing. They, they would always, they, they always make whatever feature you have. Big. Like, right, right. You, yeah, bigger. So yeah. my head is just like the size of a cannonball. <laughs> the body's so small. Yeah, and, yeah, and the body's like tiny as hell, and then the butt's really big. And sure. I, yeah, I, well, you have a great butt. I bet but these they, podcasts right. always eventually turn to Brad and his <laughs> size. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk more about There's me, been, everyone. Hey, I think with the first few, well, you know, because uh, Brad did a show with uh, John Stamos and Saget at the K-Rock um, uh, Kevin and Bean show, and that was one of the first episodes after he mm-hmm. did that, and Stamos apparently is uh, afraid of, uh, of little people. Really? Yeah. So Brad went up to him, and there's a picture of Brad holding his leg and a look in Stamos' face of, I don't know if I'm going to turn into stone in a couple minutes here. Like, this is terrifying. Well, you're, you're a celebrity without even being a comic. Yeah. What? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I am? Oh, yeah. People, people love little people. They, they love famous. They Brad and I were doing Pachanga Casino, and we're walking around the lobby, and little did I know he had given a speech to this Japanese convention earlier that day. Oh, to try to sell tickets for the show that night, like this Japanese oh, gambling convention. <laughs> they're like, hey, get the comic out here to yeah. like say something. So I told the people that uh, if you rub a dwarf's head, it's good luck. For, for gambling. It's yeah, for, 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 for gambling. So all these like Japanese people are like climbing over themselves. First they're like, no, I, 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 and, like, they're oh, all, that's like, an Italian guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm terrible at impressions. <laughs> uh, so, like, they're all climbing up, and then later that night, we're just hanging we're out. walking through the lobby, and literally every Japanese person starts rubbing Brad's head. I had no idea what happened previously in the day, so I'm like, hey, man, Brad, uh, and Brad's not even, he's, like, talking to me as they're rubbing his head. He's not even breaking <laughs> conversation to, like, acknowledge the head rub. And I also noticed stop. I was like, hey, man, like, is that, like, one of their own? Did they create that super? Are they like? Did I miss something? He's like, oh, I don't know. Like I did this. It's a good thing that it's a, you know you beat up the midget. That's good luck. <laughs> yeah, I chose my words very carefully. <laughs> yeah. That, but then, but then the fact that they actually did it 
made me think like, wow, I should have like aimed for the stars a little bit. Like, hey, if you give a dwarf a million dollars, you win. You win yeah. a million more. I mean, <laughs> take my money at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my money at this point. <laughs> the uh, how did the your show at the laugh actually come about? Um. And this is a new material night. New material night. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, I, I don't really Kevin remember, Eli. but every Tuesday Jamie night, right? Jamie, the uh, owner, and I were talking about doing a show in there, and um, I think we just thought it would be because initially I wanted to come down and kind of work on new material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but then when you get down there, you realize that you haven't really worked on anything new. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That, now it's time to be on. But you're so great conversationally, and uh, I mean, you know, I've told you this on a handful of occasions that, and hopefully, like that is you doing that show is prep for you to have a show at some point because a i think feel like to be a, a talk show host you have to be likable you have to not have you have to be a good listener and but also be able to uh always be in control because there's some people that'll get up there that i'm sure you know like when you're interviewing that just hey aren't uh as comfortable in that setting i mean i think i was the first time i did it with you where I, like and luckily you were so good at being able to if i had minimal responses to take that and make it funny or or find another direction that maybe you could get something out of me in. no you're always good on it but there's some people that, are, that. are just um they don't know how to talk one on one when they're on stage. It's more they're continuing with their performance, so they're performing mm-hmm. to the audience instead of having a conversation, right? Right. And understanding that that could be entertaining as well. Sure. And um, and that takes time. You know, it's at doing a talk show. I mean, I've been doing them for over thirty years. It takes you know a while to get you know that rhythm down and that comfort zone where you're just able to relax and have a conversation and be funny. And trust yourself that you don't have to come in with planned yeah. bits and just... Yeah. And I know when I first started, I had everything memorized, what I was going to say, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, waiting for the question. If you go back and watch that footage, can you see it on your face of just like oh, yeah, yeah. the wheels turning of... But now I kind of, even when I have a pre-interview and then you know what they're going to ask you, yeah. I still like to try to go off of that course and sure. steer it another way to and make it real. Find yeah, and, yeah, and that's when you create those genuine moments i mean yeah. some of the classic bits uh the classic bits on the tonight show came from just or organic stuff just coming up and then that's the stuff that makes like the whole best of thing and now in like like you said you've gone on shows now for 30 years so you've been on tonight show with carson do you ever do do you ever do the magic hour what's the magic hour with uh magic johnson <laughs> oh no i didn't but he i think he wanted me to be his co his uh, sidekick what? oh no kidding uh, yeah oh so it was like between you and the love master uh, well, craig shoemaker i don't know who was between at the time but it was <laughs> maybe in the that's stages. incredible but um yeah i've been on almost every talk show that's been out there from john davidson to um wow alan thick alan thick had a show yeah he had a show. mike <laughs> <laughs> he would just open every show like that um who else howie mandel had a show yeah holy crap they could- rosie Rosie, uh, yeah, Rosie, uh, Roseanne Barr. Was oh, that's show. right. Yep. Bo- uh, Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. I, I, uh, I mean, we're just mug in the cupboard. Really? Rosie O'Donnell, another celebrity who's afraid of little people. What? Yeah, she's afraid of little people we too. We have to like, come out with a list. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, blog about Yeah, that's a BuzzFeed <laughs> list I'd like to see on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. William's list. Yeah. <laughs> Just, little, just, lo- just line them up. And, and, just, and, and then just have an all-star podcast show with all what the people. Is it, what is it that people are afraid of? I mean, what, they have a phobia. Loving too yeah. much? Uh, maybe they think it's contagious. <laughs> I think maybe some people are used to seeing like a certain form. Yeah. And, they're, mm-hmm. and then when there's a, a minority like of little people, yes. they think, oh, that doesn't uh, register to what uh, yeah. we, we call it a murder of little people. A murder? Yeah. Oh, so, is yeah. that what a flock, like a flock of little people? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, yeah. Do you really? 
Maybe. <laughs> I will now. I think it'd gaggle. be awesome. Yeah, gaggle, gaggle of little people. Gaggle of dwarves. Uh, now, when you're doing when you're doing stand up, is Saturday Night Live a thought in your head? Is it a goal, or is that is that is that something that happened sort of with, on a completely different path? When I'm doing stand up, uh, well, no, no. When I was doing stand up, yeah. I was doing it to do stand up. Mm-hmm. I had no other um, goal in mind except to be a good stand up comic. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was at, I used to hang out at the Improvisation on Melrose when I first moved out here because that was the uh, the hub of yeah. comedy. And I remember uh, Mark moved out Lenau. here from hmm? from where? Where'd you move from? From Connecticut. Gotcha. All right. But Mark Lenau, who was uh, used to hang out at the club at the time, he later became partners with Bud Freeman. He kind of took an interest in me, and I remember one day he said, um, "Do you want to do any acting?" And for some reason, I was embarrassed to say, "Yeah, I would try acting." I said, "I don't know, maybe." Why? What was your I don't preconceived know. I just, notions of actors? It just actors? seemed like the people that, that you know that acted in theater, you know, in the college co- and, and collected mugs and put them in their cupboards. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were just kind of kind of weirdos, you yeah. know, stuff. And, yep. Yep. Oh, I was in theater school. I know all about those people. Yeah, sure. So I am uh, those he said you should take some acting classes because one day you're going to be doing your stand up and somebody's going to walk in there, uh, a casting person is going to want to have you come in and audition. So I did that. I started taking cold reading classes and acting workshops. Well, it's and perfect because we have a couple of scenes we like to read a cold read tonight. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, we have a great scene from uh, Glenn Gary, uh, Glenn Ross. Yeah, and if that's not, and if you can't tackle that, we have Air Bud Four I and Five. Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> I could do Glenn Gary uh, Jeff Ross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Gary Jeff Ross. It works better at a roast. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, yeah, we're, we're way better. So, so, what was like one of your first auditions? Or uh, I could tell you my first TV show was yeah. that for with acting was uh, Scarecrow Mrs. King. It was a show that was on back then. With um, Kate Jackson, one of the Charlie's Angels. Whoa. No yeah. kidding. I played a security guard. All right. I remember there was one of the words in my dialogue is, was incendiary. Whoa. And I had so That's much trouble fair. remembering <laughs> how to say it. Incendiary. Incendiary. They, they, had an, they had a security guard say the word incendiary? Who, yeah. who wrote this thing? Please tell me you were a recurring well, character. Somebody started a, started a fire at some warehouse, and they were in, interviewing me as the security guard. And I was saying something like, and that's where we found the incendiary. <laughs> when would a security we guard that into my phone? I want that yeah. to be my email alert. <laughs> when would a security guard ever say that? Be like, man, and this shit it got hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's when they had white security guards. <laughs> now going into that with like your your lack of experience, were you like thinking that like I got to get this word right because I'm only going to get one shot, or like well, no, should I do, do a security? Takes, but, okay, you know. But I remember it was my first acting job, so I was a little nervous yeah. about it. But and then, uh, do you try to put on like a security guard voice or anything? Any sort of no, no. Backstory? I just did my own voice. Um, I didn't try anything special. No risks. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah, just just did me. Yeah, I did me. Nobody it. heard me before. Sure, right. they didn't know who I was. Yeah. Oh, who's he doing? <laughs> He's created a character. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then, like, how how does that develop? And did, did someone come up to you uh, after a show and said, "Hey, I think you should I be on Saturday remember. Night Live"? I can't remember or? what happened. Oh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Oh, that was. Um, well, I like that we're just saying like, yeah. So you did the security card, and then Lauren Michaels was there, and goes, "Hey, man, I've Lauren never Michaels seen." Said, I like the way you say "incendiary." <laughs> oh, uh, Kevin, I really like the way you say "incendiary." That's a terrible impression, but whatever. It's true. Everybody has a Lauren Michaels, though, right? They do. Yeah. They do. Um, no, the, the Saturday Night Live thing. Okay, here's what happened. Yeah, I was not even pursuing that job because I I was a stand-up. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. a sketch artist or an impressionist characters. But Dana Carvey was up for the show at the time, and we shared a house when he was in town. He would rent a 
studio apartment over the garage in this house we lived in in the Hollywood Hills. It was awesome. me, another comic, Bob Dubak, and Joe Kenny, a writer friend of mine. And, um, and Dana would be around a lot. And so I knew him from stand-up comedy you know, over the years. And um, we used to kind of be in the driveway and we'd do characters kind of stuff, you know, just riff mm-hmm. off each other. And, and he got the show that summer and he was going to be moving to New York you know, later in the summer. And then Jan Hooks was also up for the show mm-hmm. at the time. And at the time I was dating her, we, we had been friends for a long time mm-hmm. too. And I was reading Backstage Live, Saturday Night Live, and I was excited for them. I was really excited and, and um, um, wondering how it was all going to turn out. And you've been a fan of the show at that point. Yeah, yeah. I love, you know, I love yeah. the show. And no idea that I would ever come into play on it. Jeez. And so Dana goes to New York and he calls me um, one day. He's in, um, he says, Kev, I'm out at Lauren Michaels' house in Amagansett. I'm in the back bedroom. Guess who's in the, in the kitchen? It's uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. No kidding. Anyway, I told, him, I told Lauren about you. I think they're going to want to see your tapes because they're looking for one more cast member. Oh, my God. I said, you're kidding me. Chevy Chase and, and Dan Aykroyd are in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. you heard. What so, are they eating? Yeah. yeah. So, so, they you know, I don't think anything of it. I'll never get on there. You know, it's a nice gesture, but sure. it's not going to happen for me. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't get an audition if you didn't have like a powerful agent. In L.A. How did Danny get through. his? He had a powerful agent. There you go. He was with Brad Gray at the time, yeah. manager. Uh, yeah. And um, and so, um, and I always kind of wanted to be with Brad Gray as my man- manager. Sure. And But he had his hands full at the time, he told me. So um, I sent my tape in. Week goes by. I get another call from Dana. I'm back out of Lauren Michaels' house. <laughs> Guess who's out in the kitchen? <laughs> Paul Simon and Steve Martin. Whoa. You're kidding me. This is- anyway, I think Lauren liked your tape. I think he's going to say, I think he's going to fly in. Steve Martin's in the kitchen. <laughs> Dude, I, and I feel like those this conversations is- just escalate to where he's like, the next week, it's like, guess who's in the kitchen? The cast of Fraggle Rock and, you know, <laughs> Bill Clinton. This is, just, this is just like a lifetime miniseries. Who's in Lauren Michaels' kitchen? Mahatma <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well, Gandhi. <laughs> Gandhi's out in the kitchen. Um, but anyway, so. He hasn't touched a thing. <laughs> So I again, I don't think I think it's a waste of time. But I'll humor them, you know. Put I'm glad together. they like the tape. And uh, oh, so, so you like the tape at this? They point. like the tape, and so they fly me in. For, and I think it's just going to be me and a couple other people because there's only one spot. But of course, you know, typical of Hollywood, it's the whole plane is full of people going to audition. Jeez, people right. from the Groundlings and Second uh, City. Even the pilot came out of the cockpit. He goes, hey, you think this is funny <laughs> for my audition? <laughs> And so I, I get this. Ca- yeah. I, I, I got this character. He's a pilot. Yeah, he's as a guy who doesn't fly planes and pitches characters while the plane's nosediving. I go. I go to Thirty Rock, and I'm not nervous at all because I know I'm not getting it mm-hmm. because I don't do characters or sketches. Sure. It's a great, also really healthy mentality to have going in. Oh, right? it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. And everyone else is pacing and they're sweating and they're nervous. And then I go into Studio Eight H where they film the show. Mm. And I do my uh, my little audition, kind of off to the side. It was on the floor. I remember it wasn't on the stage. It was off on the floor at the end of the bleachers, and they had a camera set up. And it was the people that were already on the show for that year. It was Nora Dunn, John Lovitz, Jeez. Dennis Miller, Dana Carvey was there, and uh, Lauren Michaels. And they're all sitting behind the camera, and they're watching. And I'm just doing my stand-up and mm-hmm. a couple of things that Dana and I used to do in the driveway you know, of our house. And... Um, and I leave, and I think, oh, that was fun, you know. Yeah, got, yeah, got, got to go to New York. New York, yeah. yeah so yeah. no characters. You just did some st- some bits. Of you guys, I think so. Talking through stuff, like yeah. this would be funny, almost. Yeah, I think we. Um, no Hans and Franz. No Hans and Franz. No, nothing. It was. Um, I think we used to do a couple of characters, like porno characters. Nice. Like uh, they would talk to each other when they're sitting in the director's chair, getting made up. 
you know, it's just like in between scenes. Saying, hey, hey, Johnny, um, we should go. We should go have pizza um, next week and go, go do some bowling. Oh yeah, but make it nice for the. You know, we talked to the makeup artist about how she's putting the makeup on our, you know, on our package. Yeah, put some pinstripes cool. on that. You know, make it nice for the people. It's always make it nice for the people. For the people. Yeah, yeah. You cared about your fans. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. So we'll go. We'll get some uh, pizza and we'll go down there and yeah, put a little sparkle on the side too. Like that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that must have crushed, yeah? yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were all laughing. The thing is, I think what Lorne um, discovered that he needed people that could work well together, so they have to know each other. And mm-hmm. I knew Dana, I knew Dennis. And um, did you know John Lovitz? I didn't know John Lovitz, but um, we all had a chemistry, I think. And that's, that's I what think I he's funny, Lorne. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> so, no, did you have the same type of nervous feelings you did at the Tonight Show when you walked out on that stage at Saturday Night Live? Oh, not at all. No. Oh, you mean the first day? The first for the audition? Oh, for the audition? No, no. but the first um, night that we shot the show was actually—it's funny how you can kind of rationalize and, and make yourself relaxed. You think of different scenarios. Like for me, I—I I thought nobody's really watching this show anymore, and they really weren't. The ratings were—it was almost canceled the, the yeah. season before we came in. Was that uh, was that like the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. cast? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, it wasn't his cast, but... Right, it was the he cast. Was one of the cast there. members, yeah. Yes. He, he came in there and said, this is my show yeah. now. Yeah. You don't even know this. I'm going to be Iron Man one day. Yeah. So I would tell myself, nobody's watching it. It's mm-hmm. probably just the people in the room. And I was used to people in a, in a, in a, in a room because I did stand-up. Yeah. You know, and it was, it's a small room in there. And there's a lot of cameras. And I remember waiting to go on. And we're coming back from commercial. This is my first sketch. It's Mr. Subliminal. Which is that difficult. was your first yeah. sketch? Oh, my God. you got like cool. two conversations going on at once. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, iconic now, which is crazy yeah. to think about. And so Lauren comes up next to me just before we're about to come back live. Mm-hmm. Like five seconds. The stage manager's counted down four. And Lauren goes to me. He goes, are you sure this is what you want? <laughs> <laughs> what? Before your first show? Yeah. God, he's so art of war. <laughs> he's nuts. I hear he does that too, where he'll kind of plant little seeds like that in people's heads to kind of give them a little mind. Uh... Well, I think it's more more of his sense of humor. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of. <laughs> so does that make you panic? So he so he can tell Chevy Chase in the kitchen one day. Guess what I told Kevin Nealon five seconds before he was going on. <laughs> Are you sure this is what you want? Oh, it was hilarious. By the way, you're now one of those guys in the kitchen, which is like pretty. That's cool. right. Hey. There you go. Good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> Take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danny Glover. Um, we, uh, that's okay. So you do the subliminal sketch, and then it goes over great. Yeah, it goes over well, and um, and then we're on our way, you know. And the church lady was out there, and you know, it was just kind of the show was kind of reinventing itself again. How long did it take for you and that cast to kind of feel like, oh, people are to go from? People aren't watching this to where you're like, I think well, we're that's a it. good question. We we were living out of our suitcase each week. We were expecting mm-hmm. the show to be canceled. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you just, it's, it's, that's way the entertainment business, anyway, you, you really don't, you can't trust it. You yeah. never think it's going to be lasting, long lasting. Well, I might just, you know, shut the laptop off anymore. I know. Even just... with podcasts, you don't know if you're going to go the full hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Was there, and then who, and okay, so then the cast, uh, the show doesn't get canceled. And doesn't get canceled. The mm-hmm. ratings start picking up. People are talking about it. And, um, you know, we do one year, then another year, another year. I did a total of nine seasons on there. Nine seasons. But it was kind of, I don't, I liken it to prison in a way where I saw like <laughs> new inmates coming and going. Right. And, and I was there for like a lot of different changes, you know. And your cast, so your cast starting off has Miller in it, 
uh, the original cast was yeah. Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, Dennis oh Miller, God. Victoria Jackson, Nora Dunn, Jan Hooks, and I was a feature player. Uh, uh, now there's like seems, twice as many in a cast, right? Yeah. Like that seems pretty small. Yeah, but that's an, yeah. That, that's an insane that's an insane cast in terms of what they've done since. Like yeah, you, yeah like you look back and you're like, that's how did they not know it was going to be a hit? But because you guys weren't Nora established, Dunn, Kevin Nealon, like right. you, you, you guys weren't then, but. Did, were there were there any moments when like in that first season where you're just like you're looking at a Phil Hartman going, holy crap, these people are just ridiculously talented. Oh yeah, every day I would I would think I'm going to be discovered. I'm I'm out of here. I'm mm-hmm. gone. You know, <laughs> I felt like uh, you know George Plimpton. He was a he was a writer who would put himself into different uh, scenarios to to write about it. Like he'd become a football player. I think he wrote a book called The Paper Lion. Okay, and um, he he would always like put himself into scenarios that he was not familiar with just to write about it. Awesome. And that's kind of who I felt like I was. And um, you felt like you were just some character. Like oh, yeah. this, someone's watching this and Cause all just these people, laughing at it. All these people were great um, sketch. Artists and mm-hmm. impressionists. You were coming from a stand-up background. I was coming from stand-up, and so was Dana. But Dana did characters. You know, I was just going to say, yeah, stuff. like Fallon came from stand-up, but he mm-hmm. did impressions and characters in his yeah. stand-up. Yeah, so it was really a thrill to kind of be around them and and to learn and watch what happens. But then you get update, and you're probably like, all right, now I have like a, a specific role, right? That I'm yeah, I'm a, now I'm a, now I'm an integral part. That but I remember I used to watch Joe Piscopo do stand-up comedy, you know, way back uh-huh. in New York, and. Um, and then he got on the show, and all of a sudden I'm seeing all these characters, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess if you live in New York, you see a lot of characters in New York, and you could emulate those people. Yeah, sure. And that's pretty much what you do. You know, you go there, and you're thrown into this vat of, you know, comedy pressure, and mm-hmm. you've got to come up and find Scraping things. for something each week. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine, because you, you could probably come in with all of your, like, I have a couple buddies from SC who just got hired in this past year, and they come from a huge sketch improv background, and some of their things they've done over the past few years have gotten on the show but you know I, not as much as I thought would already have been where they would have been like hey all your great characters that you've done let's bring them all to the show so they're having to yeah. like come up with tons of new stuff and I'm just you come up with anything you can think of everything you know you throw it out there Cause, I, would, I would get to the yeah. point where I would walk through a video store and look at different titles on videotapes to see if that would spark, spark anything wow yeah. and did it sometimes I oh. came up with a, a thing for Robert Mitchum he was hosting one one year and um, he did a lot of those shows, like uh, the detective shows. Unsolved okay. Mysteries? Not Unsolved oh. Mysteries, but uh, it was that film noir style yeah. back okay. then. And, um, and so I did a parody of that called, um, this one episode was called Death Be Not Deadly, where he played that character. And they, he always did the voiceover stuff. I didn't know where this guy was coming from, but I was going to find out okay. <laughs> yeah. in the movie. So in the, in the uh, actual sketch, I made him doing the voiceovers but really doing it in the room and so I was in there as some like uh, hitman thug and he would be doing the voiceover hiding behind like a plant of flowers I don't know what this thug wanted but I was gonna and I'd say who are you talking to who are you talking to that's brilliant uh, I mean and that and that happens I mean like, like how much pressure is in is in that writer's room where you're, where you're just looking at amazingly talented people and then Lauren goes to you and goes and Kevin what do you have and you just like it, like, is that just incre- incredibly intimidating? Is it's, or, it's yeah. exhilarating because you mm-hmm. have this opportunity to write something, create something, and have it air that week. And that's also also the um, downfall of a lot of people that are on that show. I was there for nine seasons, which was a long time. Sure, but a lot of people couldn't last, or they'll talk 
bad about it now, what a horrible experience it was, is because they put so much pressure on themselves to come up with a character each week. Because you mm-hmm. do have this great opportunity to, to get a character out there or a catchphrase or something that could be turned into a movie. And if, it, if a week goes by and you don't do it, you think, oh, man, what a waste. Mm-hmm. That's how I used to feel about drinking. If I didn't get drunk on the weekend, <laughs> oh, that was a waste. <laughs> and also, if you, and then if you do get a catchphrase or character on, and it doesn't hit, but you're like, all right, well, next week I'll try again, and that one doesn't hit, and you get a little consistent streak of, of you know, strikeouts, then yep. you're like, oh, geez, am I am, now am I in jeopardy of being? And then you're Farley, and you come in with, you know, what I mean, twenty different. What was that? I'm curious because he, I mean, like, yeah. you, you know, when, watching that guy live, obviously, like, you know. You well, were, I never, I, I didn't know who he was. As well, a lot of people didn't know who he was because he was working in Chicago. He was right. like on city TV and on stage. And then he came and I remember the day he walked in off the elevator. I think he was with his mother and his brother. And he was just that wide-eyed kid coming in. And, mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Nealon? You know, hey. Yeah, he knows you. And um, yeah, very funny. I never broke character in his sketches. Mm-hmm. One time, though, I came very close, and it was during the Chippendale sketch with Farley. Oh, was, God. You know, the that might be, of- no joke, my, I'd easily say top two, because yeah. I know there's, but like that, because you guys are so straight, that yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you feel like you're watching, and then Swayze's incredible, so you're like, I literally felt like I was watching tape from an audition, because yeah. I was like, how do you not break during that? I know. Well, what I did was, um, <laughs> I would start staring at his stretch marks and i would try to in my and that head that gets you not to laugh yeah i know i was putting i was making uh designs out of the stretch marks in my head <laughs> you have like a, a rorschach test of his stretch marks i was doing the same thing that prisoner of war people do you know prisoners yeah, yeah, do yeah. to try to stay sane sure, right. <laughs> it's just, yeah yeah make rorschach tests yeah. of stretch marks yeah, exactly. I, i'm pretty sure they teach you that in cia interrogation training uh but yeah that like that's one of those moments where that sketch and and you guys being as straight-faced as you were creates the iconic nature of that sketch because if you guys are cracking up now you know there there's yeah. there's you know what they're doing yeah. they Farley's kind of so committed of. that it's like uh, you know he's you're you're like you want this guy to get the job at the end of the sketch and it's yeah. such a like a bummer well okay so when that first so you, you were going to say you almost broke during that or yeah yeah but I didn't and uh, what what almost made you break the dancing obviously yeah, it was just too yeah. Just the the fat. Did you even <laughs> basically? Was the There's fat. that the one shot where he does like the the arms yeah. together, yeah. and it does a weird. Did you did you get to see that in dress rehearsal? Was that the first time? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'll be able to hold it together. Yeah. But then when you hear people laughing in the studio, right? <laughs> yeah, it was it was he was really funny. He was uh, because uh, mostly because of his size and his attitude and mm-hmm. and his talent too. But yeah, it was all that combination of all that stuff. Um, so many great sketches. I love the one he did with Paul McCartney, you know, the talk show. Remember, Remember when you were in the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. Was that fun? <laughs> you say love the love you give is equal to the love you make. It, is is that true? Oh, stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> and then, then when that when moments like that happen, when, I don't know if you're doing Chris Farley or not. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm doing Brad Williams, but uh, it's you know people get the two confused all yeah. the time. Are we so, out of that now? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like when when those moments are happening, when he's doing a motivational speaker, when the massive head wound Harry is happening, when those when those iconic sketches are ha- like, can you tell in that moment they're like, can, can can you say, oh man, this is something, or do you have to sort of wait for well, the? Well, you know, I I I know the sketches from the table read, right? And I and I'm starting to realize that all these people are coming in with you know pocket characters that they've done for years. He did Second Rallies City or Second stuff, City, yeah. yeah. 
and I have nothing. You know, I'm just there as myself. You know, I'm just kind of. So I, I did play straight guy in a lot of sketches. And mm-hmm. But that's guy. why you were so great for the for update, though. I mean, yeah. it's uh, and like that one when he had to when they tried to make him fly. Yeah, yeah. And then you had to attach the hooks. Yeah. I mean, and and when when Miller leaves and the weekend update chair is open, is that something that you? thought to yourself like i can get that or did they come to you no they came to me lauren lauren okay. always kind of wanted me in that spot up there mm-hmm. and oh. did, and did they audition other people or was it just like no, no this is neelands that's great yeah uh, yeah oh, like but you say you dana didn't... dana called me from his lawrence okay. michael's house just i think they want a weekend update guy <laughs> you never get lose in the kitchen, kitchen. <laughs> dan rather <laughs> <laughs> really Dan Rather's in the kitchen yeah now, he, now, he keeps asking why there's no more grape nuts now you say you don't have characters but the subliminal man character is an iconic character was, was that based on anyone or was that just someone that, that was you... I'll tell you exactly where that came from yeah I, I used to pretty much live at the improv mm-hmm. on Melrose <clears throat> so much so that when friends would come out to visit they say where can we go and I would say well I, I just know the improv you know? yeah and so I met a lot of interesting people down there and this one particular guy ed peck his name was he was a character actor he did a lot of he always played like the cops on laverne and shirley and awesome. happy days yeah like, really deep voice he took a liking to me and a lot of times we go to canners after uh, the club closed Great with call. a bunch of different people and yeah he would go and he told me about this thing uh, he, he was doing called tagging where he would slip a word in there you know really fast mm-hmm. and he would do it to the waitress you know and he, <laughs> he told me he was going to do it okay. so he it, it would be really you know Things like, uh, oh, I think I'm going to have the uh, the French fries you're treating. Also, uh, why don't you uh, give me the hamburger, you whore, and just uh, put a little bit of ketchup on it, slut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Would they ever pick up on it? No, never. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And um, how- Because it was so low and just like... Yeah. It, well, you bury it. So, yeah, you, you bury know. it, yeah. And so when I got to Saturday Night Live, uh, I got together with Al Franken and... Uh, we combined the two. Senator, Senator Al Franken. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and so you guys wrote that together? And yeah. Then, oh, so did you call, do you call Ed and tell him like, hey, man. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was very excited about it. Do you, now, do you ask permission or are you just like, hey, that thing? Oh, no, you, I asked him, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see, you know that tagging thing you used to do? Well, we're, we have an idea where we're going to He must it. love to be able to tell people. Oh, he was, he was, he loved the, uh, he loved it. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then, um. Uh, Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz, the same from the same guy, Ed. And Seriously? Yeah, no. Holy, <laughs> holy crap! He has a gold mine. Yeah, he had a gold mine. Yeah, he came up with the church lady. He did uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, yeah. everything. This guy was—he should have been on the show. <laughs> he should have been on the show. He's like he's he just sitting there going, "That's all my bits." Yeah. That would be a great documentary, though, if that was the the real case—a guy who just fed, you yeah. know, SNL stars and just created. Yeah, yeah. And he was, but he was, he was, you know, selfless like that, where he just came up with these great bits. And the Hans and Franz, but Dane and I came up with. We were on tour with Dennis Miller one summer. It was like after our first year on there, and we were at a Red Lion Inn in Des Moines, Iowa. I quit bragging, and I was watching. uh, Yeah, we get it. They put you up. We get it. Des Moines, you're big time. Yeah, SNL. I picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger that night. Wow, the bar. (laughs) No, I was watching. I was watching the Showtime up close and personal, and they were interviewing Arnold, and they would mm-hmm. ask him what he did when he came into town. He goes, yeah, you know, he was so specific about what he would do, and he goes, you know, I like to slip into the nice light cotton shirt, and then I go out on the town, and then I come back to the hotel, I slip into the nice light cotton sheet, 
<laughs> so I called Dana. Slipping we, into anything yeah, is a little slipping. creepy as a, a an adult slipping. male. So Dana and I watched that, and we kind of mimicked him for the rest of the tour, and we thought we got to come up with some characters before yeah. next season. Because you couldn't stop just mimicking him because well, he's doing his that cadence voice. and his voice. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I slip into a slip and slide sometimes. Slip and slides and things like that. <laughs> Something like this that. and that and all this of these things. Yeah, all these things. You know what they do. And that nature. He loves that, that one. That nature. Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. of that nature. <laughs> I was at a fundraiser once with him. I think it was at Planet Hollywood. And... Uh, he had a good joke. He goes, and then my wife, she just got some plastic surgery. Yeah, I cut up her credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Arnold so, with the one-liners. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, you know, I used to live in Germany when I was a kid. Oh, no kidding. We, wow. And we'd go travel around and go to Austria and stuff. So I kind of knew, like, you know, Hans and Franz and names like that. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, and we all know Arnold. So we thought, why don't we come up with these two bodybuilders? Mm-hmm. Trainers that are so pathetic, they berate everybody, but yet they're 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 such losers themselves. They never lift a pound, and right. you know, they're out of shape. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, such yeah. a great premise. That's I mean, that's all you when you're I don't know, pitching it to writers. You write you're writing yourself, right? Yeah. So I mean, like once you get that, you're just like, all right, well, this is a home run. Like, cause well, you know, we had so much fun writing those characters. That's when you know something is really funny when you every time you go to write it. You're just laughing like hysterically, you know. If you think you know you're such a hot, you know, you think that uh, you Mr. Perfect, you know, with the pompadour. But hear me now and believe me later. I can stretch your love handles into a bag, and you can climb into the bag and carry yourself out of the trash, my friend. Yeah. Oh my god! I yeah, you're just that. dying at that, and then We're you're dying just, at yeah. that, and you're just and you're just like spitting it back and forth to each other, and then being like, "All right, yeah, th- that made me laugh, so write that oh, down." Yeah, we're writing that down. And, How long uh, would it take you to write that sketch then? Well, like, you know, even back back then, it's like in. 88, 87. Mm-hmm. There was no computers. You know, we were all writing everything oh, yeah. on legal oh, pad. Man. And then we give it to the PAs and they would type it up Jesus. that morning. So um, we, um, we wrote the first one and we weren't sure whether to like have really big muscles, you know, like look real or yeah. just have like really fake, like yeah. third world, you know, Russia kind right. of like sure. stuffing in the, <laughs> in the simple gray right. t shirt, you know, with the with the belt and everything and Track the boots. Suits, yeah. And um so we settled on that and then we took it out there and we we performed it the first time to lukewarm reception. People weren't really sure what the Oh wow. And had, and is Arnold at this point just ridiculously famous? Yeah. Okay. He was yeah. famous out of the womb. Dude. Yeah. 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 yeah he just the, came out and he kicked out of the womb. I slipped out of a nice placenta and I slipped into a nice, <laughs> a nice cotton, cotton placenta. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when it gets lukewarm, is that can you go? Does Lauren go? Let's give it another shot. No. Or, no. So it sat there for a couple. You know, we we didn't do it for a couple <laughs> weeks, and then I suggested we do it again, and so we wrote up another one. And when we came out there. And we came out, the audience went crazy. Oh, my God. They wow. It. Rock yeah. star status. But you never know. I mean, we could have very easily just said, uh, forget that one. That's not. What made you just because you, you probably kept mimicking the. Because it made us laugh so much. Yeah. You're like this. And so you knew that was funny. You're like, this is funny. People yeah. will get this. So yeah. What did you change? We about pounded it? into their heads enough. They'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Did you change like the way, like we the back and anything. forth? Just, we just, you know, change the, the B rating lines and, you know, we'd have something different theme each time. Maybe it even took the audience, and I don't know if this is there's some truth in this, but like they saw it a second time, so they were like it was a little more familiar, and they were yeah they more recognized it, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were there in, in the audience at Saturday Night Live, and there's a sketch they recognized because right. I feel like even the cheerleader sketch with Will Ferrell and Cheryl Terry like wasn't killer right off the bat, like, yeah, but once it gained some recognition, and people were like, oh, I'm excited, I'm familiar, I, I you know, it's their friend, yeah, yeah. there's that mm-hmm. sketch they know, yeah, you're right. Wow, those writer rooms then with just writing it long form, that's crazy. So I mean, like the legible. I mean, you had to really, you had to really write legibly, especially 
at three in the morning or four in the morning on Wednesday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah you're running off of maybe 30 minutes of sleep. <laughs> and the thing about, they had some Harvard guys there, like Jim mm-hmm. Downey was the head writer. And Conan, right? Conan came later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Al Franken. <clears throat> yeah. But these guys are thinkers. <laughs> they don't like to write until they actually know what's going on. Oh, jeez. Gotcha. I like to write. As soon as I come up with a germ, I can start writing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like four in the morning and you're exhausted. And I said, Jim, can we please write this down on a piece of paper? Let's just, <laughs> but what if, um, oh, the character, you know, <laughs> too much. I think let's just write this down. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep. Just get it down. Would, would you ever hear anything of, uh, Sandler, like a pitch and a writer's, like a sketch that you heard and you were just like, I mean, that's like, that's pretty silly. That's too silly. And then it would like crush or vice versa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always, you didn't understand why some things got on and some things didn't get on. Mm-hmm. Especially as the cast got bigger and there was more submissions and the table read on Wednesday would last for four hours or five hours. Oh, wow. Jeez. And if your sketch was near the end. That's tough. People are out of energy. People are just board. tired at that point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Would, it, would he that's play Wednesday. A it goes that's on. Wednesday. Yeah. And you're just doing the table read to figure out like people don't realize like how fast this show comes together i know i mean you you say it's a week you're like ah they have a week to do it but you start on wednesday well actually i think they do know how long it takes now because if people have talked about it so Mm -hmm. much i think a a person walking out on the street you could say when is table read on saturday night that's a wednesday (laughs) you know you stay up all night on tuesday writing yeah 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 yeah, they know that they they know the process but it's still it's still shocking to hear every time that you guys were able to do that just every week just come up yeah. with, just come up, up with new sketches and it, and it you know it takes a toll on you after a while you, you kind of pace yourself it's more like a marathon that's how you kind of survive it's not a sprint and, yeah and i kind of knew after like nine years that i, I kind of did it mm-hmm. and i got to the point where i knew it was time to move on because i was going out to do sketches with food in my mouth still from the craft service table oh, you know, from the break did it so it kind of became routine for you did it kind of become it was never routine but mm-hmm. i i kind of there was that um I didn't have that adrenaline or that fear that I had yeah. from the beginning. It makes you raise your game, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I jumped off of there to do um, a show called Champs. It was a Gary David Goldberg show that um, DreamWorks was producing. It was their first um, sitcom. And that lasted about eight episodes. Wow. Did you have to say the word insidiary? Incendiary? Incendiary. <laughs> wow. I mean, well, that's is why that, it didn't work. Is, is that scary? Now, did you go to Lauren and say, hey, Lauren, I, I think I'm done? Or No. Okay. No, I had this, I had this pilot mm-hmm. that I wanted to do. So I, told, I asked Lauren. I said, you know, I think I've been. And I think they were, you know, also you could tell from the writing and from the other people that are getting more airtime that yeah. your time was kind of up. Right. So the show has a natural way of kind of telling it, you, it like, does. yeah, you kind of get on the horse and head out. Now, how how soon did you buddy with? Because uh, obviously, I mean, like the, your relationship with Sandler and him letting you pop up in uh, a chunk of his movies is pretty awesome, and you always crush it. Like did that relationship, obviously, start from SNL, or did yeah, it kind of did? Get... I met Sandler uh, when I was on SNL. I went over to the comic strip um, one night. Great club. He was doing stand up, and he was a big fan of mine. And that's awesome. And we walked from there to the Catch a Rising Star, and you know he was asking a lot of questions. So we had a good time talking. And then he went back and told all his friends at NYU the next day he met me, and it was a big thing. Wow. You know? and, uh, and then he got on the show, and uh, and he would do the weekend update when I was on weekend update, and um, I was always very supportive. I think that's what he remembers is that I was supportive of him being on a weekend update. And yeah, you're doing you're stuff. next to him as he's doing like the Cajun Man character, and just like yeah. going, oh my god, this guy's. This, yeah. guy's, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Would audiences just lose it during that shit live? I mean, like the songs and 
yeah, opera yeah. man and yeah they love the opera yeah. man cajun man <laughs> you know <laughs> any man you could think of. <laughs> popsicle man was a big hit uh-huh. never got uh-huh. on but yeah. table reads it crushed but i always wondered like after i left snl would there be anything that would be that monumentous you know that was that great that people would know me for sure and after a while i was thinking that was it man that was my uh, run until weeds came along oh yeah. Which I was just telling Brad in the car, like I don't, I watch there's you know a handful of TV. You but guys like, familiarize yourself with my career as you're driving over here. Okay, let's not forget weeds. <laughs> hey, no, yeah. Wikipedia. I, I we watched weeds. The Tonight Show. What's that? <laughs> I think he did the Tonight Show with Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Bring I don't up. know. Yeah. Bring up the uh, security guard from uh, Empty Nest. What show was it? <laughs> Empty Nest. <laughs> Scarecrow, Mrs. Scarecrow, Mrs. King. <laughs> King. Yeah. There you go. Which was the original title of Empty Nest? Uh, <laughs> but no, weeds is. I mean, uh, that shows how many se- nine. Eight, eight seasons. seasons. Yeah, that's bananas for any show. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've had some good runs, and that was your. And so you were about to say like that was when you were like, all right, SNL is my mark, right? Is that what you're going to say? Like that's what I'm. Well, that's um, that was a show that I think kind of made people take notice again. That you know, it, it wasn't just like another sitcom that went under the radar. You know, it was it was right up there with SNL, yeah. where people were talking about it and, Di- and it. diehard fans and uh, guys would have cliffhangers where people were like what the hell like, yeah, yeah, well yeah. Showtime was turning a corner too with their content as being like on par with HBO and the, the big hitters of TV and yeah. uh, and you were obviously known for uh, um, you know the sh- show title but people think you mentioned this in your act that people come up to you and want to yeah. smoke you out and stuff yeah they think I'm a big pothead but um, yeah and now it's cool because when I go to do stand up I get a lot of young people in the I was audience just say, yeah. Weeds fans and mm-hmm. then, and then the SNL know me from SNL it's the best of both worlds yeah and so stand up is now you're you've hit the road a lot more and obviously yeah. did another special. Yeah. So I didn't do a special for a long time. You know, I never did a special because I thought, well, first of all, I don't think I have an hour of material because mm-hmm. I keep getting rid of jokes that I'm tired of and right. It's intimidating. Yeah. When you look and say, oh, wow, I got to actually build an hour and and you have to sort of hold on to jokes for a little while longer until you actually until you get to get them together in the special. Right. And then you say to yourself, okay, so this is it. This is my best stuff. We want to put this down on it for an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there's always, you can always sit and, 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 you know, gripe over things and be like, oh, I can make this better. But it's like, even after you do it, you're going to look back and be like, oh yeah, I look back at my first special now. I've done a couple. I did a half hour for Comedy Central that at the time I thought was really awesome. Yeah. And now I look back and I thought, oh, jeez. Oh, and then I did a Showtime, you know, I mean, a, uh, yeah, that's, special for Showtime. That's what I think about hour. the first ten minutes of this podcast. I'm just like, you know, oh, like you know, <laughs> I was, uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> he just brushes, I love how he just brush over some comments. It's so great. Was, um, <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, the podcast thing. Yeah. I'll never look back at this. I'll, I'll always remember this as being my highlight. Yeah, the next thing after weed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there one city? We'll wrap this up in a few. Is there any? Is there one city you love uh, going to more than uh, than others? I like being home a lot. I was gonna say you have a great stage in the backyard. I do like Austin. Yeah, I like um, Seattle. Well, we did some Seattle. Shows. I do like Seattle. Yeah. Even though I don't really go around much, I stay in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and take the Skyway over to the club. It's the best. Uh, well, I mean, in that, and you go to these cities, you know. Five, six times. It's like, okay, I've seen the world's largest cashew yeah. three whoa, times. Whoa, whoa. It's like, whoa, where's that? <laughs> Des Moines. Oh. What I want to know is what is playing at the Cinemax. <laughs> yeah, Cineplex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing, um, the really cool thing, though, about doing stand-up and working on the road over a period of time is like you can mention, you mentioned a city before, 
or a club. Mm-hmm. And automatically, I went there right in my head. Oh, it was St. Louis. You're talking about yeah. St. Louis Funny Bone. Yeah. Automatically, I knew exactly the configuration of the club. Are you I knew what was around the hotel. I knew the hotel. Yeah. I you knew know, the fountains outside the hotel. Yeah. You know your favorite spots to eat in, yeah. in, 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 in that city. You immediately go there. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know the little schwanky karaoke uh, live band bar right next door to the club? That's right. Yep. That's <laughs> right. So you do get to see the country a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, I tell my friends, it's like if you listen to that song, I've Been Everywhere by Johnny Cash, road comics can just go down and go, yep, yep, yep. Like, and, and, we, and we know all these cities. Like, yeah. We know the Des Moines, Iowa. We know the Dayton, Ohio's. I'm going to two states this uh, spring that I've never been to. The only two I haven't been to. Oh, no kidding. Country. Can, and it's, can uh, we guess? Yeah, I guess. Where in the world is, is Kevin Neal going to? Uh, I'm guessing Delaware. Nope. <sighs> I'm going to guess. I, I was going to say Alaska, but I bet you've been there. Um, and I'll take that head nod as a, you yep. have been there. Uh, Kentucky. Nope. Oh, man. Been there. I'm out, at, I'm, I'm out at this Oklahoma? point. Oklahoma? Those are north of the south. states. Dakotas? Yeah. You're Dakotas. Going to, oh, you're going up to the Dakotas. Dakotas. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be an amazing... Those are going to be great shows. Those because, are theaters, so it'll be mm-hmm. good. Oh, geez. And, yeah. like, there's... I mean, there's not even a club there, is there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but you're going for the one night of a theater, yeah. and then... Uh, will you have time to see Mount Rushmore? I hope so. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to be close to it, but that's one of the... I haven't seen. I've never seen. We do a Mount Rushmore joke. Like when you're in places like that, you try to write some local material. Like, yeah. hey, just saw the Rushmore. Why wasn't I up there? Hey, anyway, I mean, don't do that because that's not you know. I used to go see the. Uh, <laughs> or you can have that. I don't know. I used to go see vaudeville, like vaudeville type shows. Like mm-hmm. they come through my town. They weren't vaudeville. I'm not that old. But <laughs> it was. Uh, they have like Frank Gorshin doing impressions yeah. and stuff, and they'd have these uh, little people juggling and. Ah, uh, my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> no, the harmonicats. <laughs> the harmonicats. And I remember... Whenever, Is that a Little People harmonica band? I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. Go, 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 I have missed my calling. <laughs> but they were I gotta, always... I got to would... call up Peter Dinklage and get, get like a triangle <laughs> band together. Do you know him? Do you guys know each other? Most of us do. I don't but know... not the uh, English people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dinklage yet i've met i've met just about every other little person and we By all the way. Get, and, and we all get along except for Vern troyer Vern troyer hates me really yeah why well, because of my act he he he, think, he thinks i'm exploitive oh yeah but they, but but he's doing very positive things you know getting drop kicked by mike myers in a movie which is really advancing <laughs> sure. the, the little people cause right. so no i could totally see his perspective by the way i don't know dinklage yet is a great title for your next album <laughs> i i think i think that's it uh all right so you would um Oh, but but um, anytime somebody said something about the local things, yeah. it mm-hmm. killed. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. knows about our town. Yep. Even like when well, I saw Sinatra play at the Universal Amphitheater before he died, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about Laurel Canyon, how windy it was. And everybody was going, yeah, that's Laurel Canyon. That's our town. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Just hearing it, hearing the person say what they... They can associate exper- with the... Yeah. You know, that's um, where we live. Uh, yeah. I saw the Rolling Stones a few months ago uh, in in uh anaheim where i live and uh mick jagger comes out and he goes hey it's all right we're in anaheim so if we get too drunk we just take the monorail home and then just people go ah he knows about the monorail yeah. and, and people just go ape shit and like it's a terrible joke but yeah. it's like mick said something about our city we're yeah. good oh, yeah that's a great thing if you're a big celebrity you know, you're a movie star living in la 
Mm-hmm. If you get too drunk to drive, you just get on that celebrity's tours uh, star, oh, yeah. star's home. <laughs> they know where my house is. You know where I live, buddy. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, yeah. I, th- I, I think that's how, I think that's how Sandler gets home every night. <laughs> uh, Kev, thanks for thanks for making time for this. My yeah, pleasure. It was absolutely. great. And uh, uh, you and you have a special on Netflix right now. Uh, I'm trying. To, Whelm, but not overly. It's called Whelm, but not over. Yeah, yeah. Whelm, but not over. Uh, that was my second one-hour special. I think I'm out of hours. <laughs> well, all the new material on Tuesday nights at the Laugh Factory. They should have like a five-minute special. <laughs> Would anybody sp- ever do that? I don't know why they call them specials anymore because they're not that special. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> got them. It's all right. Just another. Did step. you like though that last special you did? I mean, I did. Yeah, yeah. I like it until like three years from now. I look back and think, oh boy. <laughs> now, now, I remember I, w- I was going over to. I don't want to drop names, but I was going to Steve Martin's house one night. Oh, I mean, oh, you could talk God. about this for the rest On the of the way podcast. Over there. Who was in Who's his in the kitchen? kitchen? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lauren Mike. What son of a bitch? All comes around. But I remember um, hearing uh, he, they were playing his uh, cat juggling thing on the five minute funnies or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, Steve, on my way over here, they were playing your cat juggling uh, bit. And he rolled his eyes. <laughs> his wow. No kidding. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's like one of his iconic things. He's like, oh, yeah. that whole thing. I guess, after, yeah, just after, I mean, well, like it, when people do Subliminal Man to you or like, I'm sure Hans and Franz, people after shows, right? Or Yeah. I mean, it's got to be really time, timeless, like a painting where it still like holds up, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but how do you, like if someone does a Hans and Franz, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's something. That's, I did that. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the update. We could update. You did update. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, thank you for allowing us into your home. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you for home. coming on our podcast. My pleasure. Check out the gift shop on your way out. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, oh, I, if, we, you, if you think I'm not taking your Ellen mug, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. And a Bonnie Hunt. There is a Bonnie Hunt mug, too. You're, oh, yeah, you're a very yeah, sweet you wife. You can save all the out. talk show uh, coffee cups. Yeah. He's got a Chelsea, a Ferguson, an Ellen, a Bonnie Hunt. And thank you for feeding us jelly beans and popcorn. You're welcome. Your Twitter. Where's your Twitter? At Kevin Nealon? At Kevin underscore Nealon. Perfect. Was there already a regular Kevin Nealon taken? I guess so. He just got that underscore. Up for me, uh, got me this one. Well, <laughs> he doesn't have over a million followers, so he, so he's doing jack with it. Yeah. Uh, every Tuesday at 8 at the Laugh Factory, new material night with Kevin oh, Once Nealon. a month now I'm doing it. Okay, cool. Yeah, make it more special. Yeah. There you go. And then, March uh, 11th is the next one. Perfect. And then uh, if you're in North or South Dakota, he's, he's coming there. That's yeah. right, baby. I'll be there. KevinNealon.com for your tour dates. Yeah, KevinNealon.com. Perfect. Perfect. And, uh, and, and you do constantly tour, so uh, to all our fans across the country, uh, check, uh, check out, yeah, check out Kevin like Nealon's tour dates. See, see him live. Check it's it. a great time. Check it. All good. Because, you know, hey, he could be in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you Seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.